This is Richie Incognito of the Buffalo Bills. You're listening to Locked On Bills, presented by Cover One. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Bills, presented by Cover One. I am Eric Turner, and we have a full team today, guys. We have Aaron Quinn today. We have Anthony Sombrato and Ryan Ducarm from LockedOnBills.com. What's going on, guys? How, how's that win feel for you? Oh, it's marvelous. <laughs> Feeling great. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. It was a it was a big win. And honestly, this is the game that I was the most nervous about coming in uh, so far this season just because of the injuries and the weapons that the Raiders had on offense. But before I get ahead of myself and talking about the game, I do want to just get everyone's initial thoughts on the five and two start, because I mean, th- there's no one here. There's no one in the chat box that could have told me that they they felt that this team would be in five and two at this mark. Aaron, what are your thoughts on this initial start? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I didn't think they were a four-win team when everyone was talking about that, but I didn't think at this point in the season with the schedule the way it was shaping out that they would be at five wins right now. So I am super addicted to the process right now. <laughs> what about you, Anthony? What's your thoughts on this initial start of five and two? Yeah, I mean, just think about it. Darby's gone. Watkins is gone. Darius is gone. Just the guys they traded away. And uh, to still be sitting there at five and two is great. It's a, it's a testament uh, one to the guys that, that they have and and the process, and uh, two the the depth of this team now with the injuries they've gone through and and to still show up and and to put out a good outing. So I think the starters that this team has assembled and the depth guys give credit to, to Brandon Bean and McDermott for for the moves they made. Definitely, Ryan. What about you, man? I mean, five and two. You know they're playing some great team football. All three phases are clicking. Uh, you know it, it's it, it, the offense could have a three and out drive. Well, guess what? The punt team makes a play. So I mean, great team effort. Obviously, a great team effort today. Um, but what are your initial thoughts uh, from the top down so far on this season? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the biggest, most satisfying turnaround has just been the coaching, right? I mean, I think they were just poorly coached so many times last year where they didn't play up to their talent level. And this year it feels like they're playing beyond their talent level. You see, you know, just something as simple as Dennison adjusting the outside zone scheme, bringing back the power runs as the season moves on something simple like that, adjusting the scheme to figure players. And it's just been, I think outperforming the expectations because they're so well coached and such a cohesive unit all around. Yeah, I couldn't, uh, I, I totally agree with you. Honestly, when it comes to coaching, I think that's obviously been the biggest uh, change and no, you know, noticeable change. Um, you know, in the, in the game today, um, you saw in, in the third quarter when we're switching over the fourth quarter, little things again, that offense to the line of scrimmage and calling that, that, you know, that play so that they could jump off site, like little things like that are things that, uh, the, the Ryan regime didn't do, you know, little things like that. And of course, yes, the, the, the big scheme changes that we saw, um, from the Atlanta game on and, and McCoy even alluded to it today about, you know, the, the major changes of, of plays being input. Um, you know, in the bye week, but, um, so let's talk about today's game because again, I said I was supremely nervous in this game going in. Um, I, yes, I I was happy, you know, it was going to be home. So that kind of, um, you know, eased some of my, uh, anxiety, but, uh, Aaron, what were your thoughts on the game today? Uh, we'll talk about some specific players, uh, you know, as we go on, we show some of these highlights, but what was your initial thoughts on the game today? Yeah, I was with you. I was nervous going in. And honestly, I was nervous into the fourth quarter just because the Raiders pose such a threat and can score so quickly uh, that even with the lead in the fourth quarter that I was still nervous. Maybe it's just years of abuse of being a Bills fan that that makes makes me that way. But I mean, like you said, this team just clicked on all cylinders and just seemed like all the bounces were going the Bills way today. And when that happens, you're going to walk out with a victory, man, and nice big AFC win for us. So pretty pumped. What about you, Anthony? What were your thoughts on today's game? Yeah, I thought 
you know, just to kind of sum it all up, that that uh, drive when the Bills are up 20-7, to seven, they get stopped at the one-yard line. Um, it's going to be a fourth down. The quarter changes, so they switch the field, and the Bills could have punt, uh, kicked the field goal, excuse me. But they decided to go for it, and they make it. And I think that's kind of the microcosm of the whole game. Is it, as Aaron said, the bounces went the Bills' way. Even Taylor, as he reaches that ball over the uh, the goal line, it, it gets bounced around, but he, he crossed the plane. I just think that's, that's kind of how this season has gone, really, for the Bills. The bounces that have gone the other team's way over the past – Oh, I don't know, 17 years are now going their way. And uh, this was just another example of it. What about you, Ryan? What are your thoughts on the, the win today? Uh, were you as nervous as I was going in? Oh, yeah. You know, I think it set in the nerves set in around uh, 1130 when the inactive list came out. I was like, oh, they're really shorthanded. It's going to be a long day. And then Oakland marches down the field that first drive. And and that's when I was at my my peak level of nerves. But then just the, the whole team settled in really nicely. Um, just the like the ability to adjust under pressure. I just it's it's a very uh, unfamiliar feeling as a Bills fan, but I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm not complaining here. Definitely, and you you alluded to the fact of how the Raiders just came in on that first drive and and drove down there and scored, and it was uh, it was scary because you know they attacked two guys that were in the lineup who normally aren't in Sharice Wright and Trey Elston, and you know the main thing of why I was so nervous is because you see these guys and in, in they're getting attacked and, you know, they went with Crabtree, they went with, um, you know, Cooper and they were hitting those guys in areas that, um, you know, were, are difficult to defend coverage wise, but they, they attacked with, you know, their stars. So Aaron, I, I mean, how worried were you seeing that first drive and how these Raiders came down there and just, you know, basically scored at will. I was terrified because I just don't like the idea of the Bills getting in a shootout with the team. It felt like the you know that Bucks game where the Bucks were just kind of pushing us around uh, however they wanted. Uh, so that first drive, I was pretty terrified that this is going to be a really long day. What about you, Anthony? What are your thoughts on that that first quarter? Let's kind of go over that because um, it was is one that obviously the Raiders kind of you know dominate had the upper hand uh, you know seven and nothing early in that game. Yeah, and people forget with. With the Raiders' record, they have a ton of weapons. So, you know, it's not – I mean, was I a little worried about what the results were going to be? Yeah, because they were using their weapons the right way. They were using Crabtree. They were using Cooper. They have a good quarterback in Derek Carr and a good offensive line. So, yeah, I mean, I was sitting there, and this is like first drive. I said, okay, this is kind of what I expected. The Raiders are able to move the ball. I saw what Amari Cooper did uh, the last Thursday night game. But uh, the Bills made the adjustments as that quarter went on and as that half went on. And, of course, they were able to come out with that half somehow with the lead, 14-7. to 7. What about you, Ryan? So, I mean, what are your thoughts on, you know, you, you kind of touched upon, the, you know, the injuries and the inactives. Uh, I mean, this this was a scary first quarter for me, honestly, and it, it kind of it, it it didn't help my anxiety. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. And and overall in the game, I thought Sharice Wright and Trey Alston played pretty well, I you know, overall. But the first quarter was, I you know, they're the new guys they are getting picked on a lot. And I was like, oh, it's going to be like a long day and and exactly like with a team like Oakland it's they score immediately it's like okay it's a shootout now right and I don't think the Bills are built to win that way and they you know they scored a lot of points today but um Oakland goes up 7-0 and then dude I'm not sure if the Bills got points on their first drive um but oh the the pass interference knocked that out right yeah and at that point, I was like, oh, like if they go down and score again, like suddenly it's like you have to throw like 30, 40 times a game. So I was impressed just the way they came back from that opening drive uh, and, and sort of dug their heels in from there and, and readjusted. 
Yeah, it was, you know, this in this play in particular, uh, you know, Carr kind of shows off his his knowledge of not, you know, the, the defense, because we, this is a play where they brought Elston. They blitzed him. And I, I received a tweet during the game of why aren't we blitzing? cards well because he gets the ball out in 2.1 seconds so you can't blitz you have to be selective with your blitzing well they get caught in a blitz here and what is was car do he audibles he goes deep and he attacks Sharice right and he gives up the big play um to uh, michael crabtree and uh again it's i don't want to see Sharice right one-on-one with just about any receiver in the league because he's more of that zone corner and you saw him in a bail technique here which is not he's not bad at but the ball's in the air he's not the best at tracking it I am happy though that he didn't allow anybody to get behind him. It was an underthrown ball. Uh, the way the refs were calling this first quarter, this first half too, I was kind of surprised you didn't see a flag there because I felt like they would would have called that on the Bills. Maybe that's just the fan in me, but seemed like a little bit of an extension of the arm there. Yeah, he did kind of push yeah. it off the uh, you know with his uh, I think it was his right hand or, or left hand that he pushed off on the hip a little bit, but um, it was it was definitely a quarter. Uh, again, that I was I was really worried about, especially because the offense had some calls go against them. And let's talk about that real quick. What about what about the refs in this game from a, you know from an overall standpoint? And Anthony, kind of oh. talk about that, man. That was kind of brutal, right? Ed Hockley, yes. Um, every game Ed officiates is is a roller coaster ride. First of all, uh, <laughs> he loves the camera, he loves the attention. But yeah, I mean, just from the start, I forget which one of you guys already mentioned it, but that Jordan Matthews play, uh, you know, that was I don't even know if you could say they crossed feet. I think the guy just tripped on his own. Yep. It was a wet day at, at New Era Field. You know, guys were slipping all over the place, and the ref flows the flag. And then there were, you know, a couple throughout the game, it seems like the referees didn't even have any rhythm because there was, like, holding penalties that, that could have been called. They called them, and they weren't. But, uh, yeah, it was an up-and-down game. You're right, Eric, uh, in terms of the officiating. But I think that the main play, obviously, was that uh, was that Jordan Matthews pass interference call. Yeah, Ryan, what about you, man? What are, you, what are your thoughts on the uh, the penalties that were called in this game? And I hate talking about penalties, but it, early on, it did it did weigh down on the offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Matthews one was was like the highlight. Obviously, that was just just like that's when you sort of felt oh, typical Bills game. Like this is gonna now happen the whole day. Um, and I think throughout the game, there were just a lot of on both sides, like a lot of sort of small penalties. It's like, well. You know, I think most fans would prefer to see see the guys play through. Um, and I thought, I think CBS had a stat that Hockey's crew throws the most penalties per game of any uh, crew in the NFL. So you, you sort of know what you're getting there. Um, but the Matthews one sticks out, and then there's the hold on on incognito in the red zone after one of the turnovers in the second half that I just remember being like, that's just, you know, that's just a block, really. You know, he's reach blocking. So it was just a lot of small things that sort of breaks up the flow of the game, which is always sort of frustrating. Yeah, definitely. And I, I brought up some of the uh, statistics from this game because I want to talk about we had mentioned, you know, Sharice Wright and uh, Trey Elson. And you know what? They did bounce back uh, after that first quarter. Um, and, and specifically, Elston, I think I saw he had, what, 11 total tackles? 11 tackles. Yeah. Big hitter. Big hitter. Oh. Man, and a lot of those yeah. he was screaming down into the box, yeah. making big hits. And mm-hmm. um, it also, you know, I know the score, you know, we kind of got up in the score and kind of forced the Raiders offense to kind of start stretching the field. But um, anytime those crossers were coming across the middle, we had, it seemed like the play calls were had, you know, good calls for zone. So even though, you know, a short pass was completed across the middle, uh, he did be, you know, be tackled immediately. And then you see Elson just coming down and laying the lumber. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, I think you and I were doing a podcast a while ago and we were surprised. We were talking about how surprised we were that Elson, 
uh, was cut kind of in the middle of the season. He signed with the Eagles and he's back with the Bills. But yeah, I mean, the Bills, um, we've talked about it too. Uh, you know, I've talked about it a lot with the Bills. The tackling this year has been great. And I think that was on display again. You know, the Raiders have some guys who who can get away from tackles who are elusive and uh, the Bills had no issue with it. But yeah, I was really impressed with Trey Elston. I uh, had that pick at the end of the game, uh, which was which was great as well. And um, he, he showed that he could start if Poyer can't go again Thursday night with that quick turnaround. Yeah. What are your thoughts, uh, Ryan, on on uh, on Elston, his game overall? Yeah, I mean, coming back just from like the first quarter, just getting settled with starting in an NFL game against the Oakland Raiders, who are a legit passing offense, I was pretty impressed. You know, like you said it, and I think the the announcers talked about it too. Just he's a he's a downhill thumper, run stopping mm-hmm. safety, and and you saw that. And I think um, sort of a cover three type zone where he can play in an underneath zone, and you have the corners playing deep thirds fits him well. Um, whereas Poyer and Hyde can sort of play more rows, roles overall. They can play too high. They can play single high. They can both play box. They can sort of man up. But if Poyer can't go again Thursday night, you know, it's a great point. It's a short week now. Yeah. Um, I think leaving him in the box, let him play the run. I think that's a nice way to sort of minimize the loss of Poyer. Definitely. And so, Aaron, we're going to move on to the uh, second quarter. So beginning of second quarter, Bills have the ball uh, on the right hash with uh, about 12 minutes, 53 seconds right into the second quarter. And they bring out 21 personnel. And uh, this is this is when the offense started moving on the ball a little bit. So kind of give me your thoughts on um, what you thought about in the uh, uh, in the second quarter. And, and, and you know, it, it seemed like Tyrod had, you know, on this throw specifically, had really nice uh, play action fake. Um, and of course, the, you know, the offense got the, the run game going, but it seemed like Tyrod's, you know, pocket presence off this play action pass were pretty nice, right? Yeah, I like it. And it also seems, and you saw it throughout this game that Tyrod is getting more confidence in the offensive line. I mean, they are playing better, um, but he's seeming to gain more confidence. So I don't know if that's coming from kind of watching the film and realizing that, Hey, things aren't as bad. He doesn't have to break down and run as quickly as maybe he thought. Um, but it's, de- it definitely showed up in this game that he just seemed cool as the other side of the pillow even when the pocket collapsed so um tyrod's pocket presence has been actually been to me improving weekly yeah ryan and talk about this play look what this this play action from under center because we talk about under center versus shotgun a lot mm-hmm. uh ryan uh, talk about um you know look what this this play action passes to these you know linebackers and even this i think that's a safety nelson screaming down too yeah for sure and and the play action game has been huge for the Bills this year. Um, and you see everybody's buying it. You know, the linebackers are trying – they're all past the line of scrimmage at this point. And I think a lot of the routes – this one specifically is a good example. A lot of the play action routes um, the Bills have been using are these sort of flood concepts where they have a, a deep crossing route coming across the field. So that's what Zay did here. He came all the way from the left hash to the right sideline. And those take a while to develop and get open. Like that's not a quick – you know, hitting route. That's a, a deep drop and, you know, credit to the offensive line for giving time. Cause if there's not time, this routes, you know, he's halfway across the field then. So, um, and I think with the changes they've now made across the offensive line, getting one back is huge. Definitely. Um, don't trade him. No, and, please don't, please don't. You know, <laughs> and I think, I'm as surprised as anybody, but Vlad Dukas has. Yes, I was going to say, what about Vlad on this play, man? Has somewhat is... solidified the right guard spot, which is Scary. like <laughs> as shocking to me as anybody else. So, um, yeah, I, I think big credit to the offensive line sort of stepping up the last few weeks, especially run game and pass game here. And this is a great throw and great catch. And good Anthony, for Zay for finally, yeah. you know, I know right? solidifying it. You Absolutely. Know? 
Anthony, kind of talk about because you talked about it. Um, if, if you guys haven't, uh, take, you know, taken a look at it yet, but Anthony, um, just put up his five takeaways from this game. It's up at lockdownbills.com. But uh, one of the guys that you mentioned it, and it's uh, the right side of that line, Vlad Dukas and Jordan Mills. They had phenomenal games, and you can see it on this play, Anthony. You kind of talk about how impressive that right side was today. Yeah, I think on this play, it looks like Mills is going up against Bruce Irvin, and and Bruce Irvin's a beast as well. Um, and it just didn't allow much pressure on Tyra Taylor. It was just a, a great game, great game plan, uh, great scheme. It looked like from, from blocking wise and, and they just did not allow Khalil Mack to uh, do his usual job of messing up a team's game plan. I mean, he had one registered quarterback hit. He wasn't really a factor in the game. Uh, he got in the backfield a couple times, um, but it was just remarkable that, you know, we sit there and, and this week coming into the game, everyone's talking about how many sacks is Khalil Mack going to have? What's he going to do in his return to Buffalo? And it's just, End of the day, he's got a big fat zero on the on the score sheet. So credit, as uh, Ryan was talking about, Vlad Dukas and Jordan Mills, good for those guys and good for the Bills for getting a little consistency going on that offensive line. Yeah, and we talk about the offensive line, and you got to give uh, kudos. You know, Ryan mentioned of of the changes they made in uh, the run game, and you know this is one of those plays you see. You know, trip formation uh, to the field, and uh, they run a little split zone here, and just a really good job of uh, you know Shady finding his hole. And I mean. It, the thing that we've been having, the issues we've been having with these outside zone is that we're not giving shady options. They're, they're, you know, these defenders are getting downhill on the outside zone and taking away any type of options for shady and shady's got to have options. That's why he talks, he talks about it every week. And so Aaron kind of talk about, you know, how impressive that offensive line was for uh, uh, running the ball today because, you know, shady, shady went over a buck 50. Yeah. And it, like you said, the options were there and you saw some of that, you know, people talk about Le'Veon Bell's patience to find the hole. And you saw that at a shady a couple of times and it's good to see, cause I felt like we hadn't seen much of that this year. He just, he was trying to get in there and squeeze through holes. And today he had his choice to pick through some holes and he did it. And there was a couple that he got shoestring tackles where he could have broke loose well before he did end up breaking loose. So very impressive day from shady. Yeah, and this is uh, with about just under nine minutes left in the second quarter. Second and goal, you know, the Bills line up, and this is just a really nice play. We talk about the offensive line, but you also got to give credit because some of the techniques they're teaching offensive line are, are just to mirror, mirror defenders. And this, the Raiders went with a lot of, you know, four-man rushes. Here they bring five, but you got to give credit to Tyrod Taylor because he's been, in the last two weeks, he's been able to manipulate the pocket extend play and so it's something that a lot of fans um kind of you know use against him you know he holds the ball too long well just imagine if we had a normal drop back passer right now um anytime that uh we needed a play to extend anytime we needed you know a little extra time so that these receivers could uncover um it would be a lot more difficult so you got to give credit to tyrod taylor in this game right aaron Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a number of times I don't even know how many where he just, like you said, manipulated the pocket, grabbed a little bit of extra time. And like you said, on a play like this, I'd have to see the all 22, but it doesn't look like anyone's open on that initial drop back. And it doesn't come open until Tyrod extends it. It's super hard to cover somebody for five seconds or more. Definitely. League. Somebody's going to break open. Yeah, and Anthony, this was a great route because you see Andre Holmes when he gets to the top of the route here, you'll see him separate and as he runs to his left. So I know you've been, you know, you've been high on Holmes. I won't say high on Holmes, but you, <laughs> I mean, you, you've liked him. And, and yeah. you, you know, the, before we went live, the chat box was roaring about, um, you know, the comp picks and all. I think we should put that to bed, right, Anthony? Oh, yeah, that that's over. <laughs> that, that's not <laughs> happening. I know everyone in the Buffalo loves draft picks. It's not happening, folks. Enjoy, enjoy uh, Davis. Enjoy uh, 
uh, Andre Holmes and Joy Vaga Casas. They're not getting cut. But uh, back to Andre Holmes, if you guys remember Justin Hunter from last year, this guy who didn't catch a lot of passes, but when he caught the passes, they were going for touchdowns. Andre Holmes has kind of taken over that role. And uh, today he led the team in receiving, which uh, 56 yards, I believe, was his total. And then this great play, as you were talking about, you know, his quarterback needs someone to bail him out. Andre Holmes goes in the back of the end zone, the corner on a second and goal. The team's down 7 nothing, and he makes a great catch, keeps the feet in bounds, and that's the Bills never really look back from there. Yeah, and, and Ryan, talk about, you know, it's – Jordan Matthews, Andre Holmes, you know, coming into the season, we switched kind of the type or, or style of, of wide receiver that we've had. We always had that speedster, those explosive players that can stretch the field, but we almost went to almost more like tight ends and, mm-hmm. and, and in this West Coast offense. And on plays like this, it definitely helped Tyrod having a big player and big target like Andre Holmes. For sure. And, and, uh, the play we looked at just before this where Matthews was running the split zone action, that's like a tight end's role usually. Great point. Um, no, they've, they've really transitioned to, to sort of a lot of big slot guys. You know, even Zay Jones, I think, is the smallest of the starting three, and he's six one or 2. Um, so if, if your drop back game is not about a vertical get open like on the fly route, it's good to have guys who can box out, um, run the crossing routes underneath and stuff. I mean, that's where Matthews makes his money. Um, and then a guy like Holmes, like he had a couple nice plays along the sideline in this game. Cause he's got that size. He can stretch, um, even the, the incomplete pass, the, the one really bad throw I thought Tyrod made today. Yeah. I mean, he's Holmes is a big guy. He got in played like a DB and broke that pass up. And this, this was such a nice throw because normally when you start scrambling, that's when you sort of zip it into a tight window as everybody's moving and watching it up, like live and seeing that ball just sort of lofting up. I mean, I like my heart stopped for a second and just the way it <laughs> dropped in perfectly there at the end. I mean, this is a really nice throw under pressure. Yeah, I mean, it, it, when you watch it from this angle and you see him rolling left, it's very reminiscent. You must mention uh, Justin Hunter earlier. It's very reminiscent of that L.A. game last year where Tyrod, you know, darted left and then threw it to the corner of the end zone to Justin Hunter. But you look at the trajectory from this camera angle, it almost looks like it's going to you know, sail over the top of his head. But it's really just a, a great play by Tyrod of getting outside the pocket, extending the play, and, of course, throwing throwing this wide receiver open um, right on the sideline. Great toe drag uh, by Holmes. Uh, and it was it was just a great answer at a time where, you know, they could have easily just went in the bag and said, you know, uh, that was a rough quarter, and, you know, we had a lot of calls against us. And it, it was one of those times where that mental toughness, that mental makeup of this team, um, you know, shined again um, like it has pretty much the whole season. So, We'll kind of go to the chat box here, kind of take a little break from the highlights. Um, it, it, we kind of put the rest, the uh, whole talk about the comp picks. We're five and two guys, so that's uh, that's gonna that's gonna be done. Is do the fire do the Raiders fire Ken Norton? What do you, anyone have any comments on that? Uh, I mean, he's he's been there for a little while. I think he's been with Jack Del Rio. Maybe back to Jacksonville if I can't remember. But. Um, I mean, yeah, the, the defense is not where they wanted to be. Remember, the Raiders were supposed to be a playoff team this year. I mean, they were great last year. They actually fired their offensive coordinator um, in the offseason, and you see how that's kind of worked out for them. That offense has taken some steps backwards. So I don't sure. think it would be out of the question, no, to, to fire Ken Norton. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's – I don't think he's uh, fireable yet. I, I It's pretty obvious that, um, you know, they have some secondary issues if, if our receivers yeah. are making plays like that. And, <laughs> and yeah. so you can't put it all on the coach – um, especially when, you know, they performed pretty well last year uh, on that side of the ball. They had a couple weaknesses, but this year is just a, a different animal, I think. And then especially like today, you know, they didn't have Carl Joseph. 
Um, they didn't have their starting quarter, Amerson, which, I mean, I'm not saying they're, they're guys to write home about, but starters are, you know, they're starters for a reason. And, and so mm. um, you saw us take advantage, just get some of those explosive plays down the field to Holmes uh, a couple of times. And um, we saw Tyrod break the pocket. So, Aaron, kind of talk about uh, Tyrod Taylor. We talked about how he manipulates the pocket, but I thought that one of the things that Norton didn't do well was create pressure. They Again, it was another week where the defense wanted to force Tyrod to play from the pocket, and he did a pretty good job of doing so, don't you think? Yeah, and he didn't have to scramble. Uh, I think there was a couple times maybe they were there, and I, he only had what one rushing total yard or something in the game. He didn't have much. Um, so he just seemed like he was not phased at all, even when the pocket collapsed a little bit. He just didn't seem to be worried. He found a way to manipulate it and get out of the pocket, um, and guys were just getting open. I think, like you said, that, that secondary also was dinged up a little bit, and maybe they have some a uh, little less depth than the bills do right now. And he was just finding open guys and not anything gaudy, no big gaudy stats, but they seem to be playing conservative in the second half. So you're not going to rack up a ton of stats playing conservative. Right. And you know, the chat box, Mike asks, um, you know, he's saying that Tyrod's really thriving in this offense. And I tend to agree. Ryan, the question is, do the bills take, still take a QB in the first round? If he continues to play this way, <laughs> Big oh question for this is this is the question that keeps me up at night man i mean uh i i talk i think about this a lot and and it's funny the expectations that have like moved for tyrod right like oh you know he's we're gonna cut him and now oh maybe he's a bridge quarterback for a couple of years you know um I don't know, man. I, I don't don't drop that on me on a victory uh, Sunday here. I know, I know. I had to shake it up a little bit, keep everyone on their toes here. So exactly. thanks for that question, Mike. And you you knew that was going to get us like that, Mike. So n- nice question there. Uh, any predictions on the playoffs? If you, do you guys want to touch that question, because you know I don't. Talk to me at the uh, uh, end next weekend after this Jets game. Yes, and the short yeah. turnaround. Okay, no, so, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. Okay, so. Um, Let's see here. I think uh, that should be it. Let's see. Vlad Dukas uh, is just more mobile that, than Miller was. That's a great point, Mike. You do make a great point and something I touch upon. And I, I said you know, a couple weeks ago when Vlad took over is that he has a slight edge in athleticism. And we saw it on that play action play. And you're going to see it on a lot of these passing plays is uh, the techniques they're teaching these offensive linemen uh, in the pass game specifically, those vertical sets. Uh, you need a guy that has, you know, decent footwork. And we all know that Miller, he's a power guy and he's a short, stocky guy. He wants to move you know, defenders uh, vertically, not necessarily horizontally. So he's not the best at mirroring defenders. And you saw today, you know, as the Raiders only rushed four a lot of the time, they didn't blitz Tyrod often. That offensive line just did a good job of staying with their guys and just riding them wide. So guess what? So Tyrod can move the pocket and reset, what, you know, where he needed to to make plays down the field. For sure. I mean, and the other thing, like, I think a lot of the pre- – there was not much pressure today. And what's gotten Tyrod this year – not really through fault of his own is interior pressure. Cause then it's right on him. There's not a lot of places you can run. Um, whereas pressure off the edge, Tyrod is one of the best in the league at avoiding that. And you saw that today, just stepping around the pocket. Sure. Um, so credit to, to Wood and Cognito and Dukas for, if you keep the interior clean, give yourself some room to step up or room to work the, the edge defenders. I think pass protection becomes a lot easier and, and playing from the pocket becomes a lot easier. Definitely. And so we're going to move on to the end of the second quarter. We're looking at some of the highlights here and we'll see a uh, car drop back. And, you know, he, this is one of those drives end of the end of the first half where the offense is just, it's going to, they're going to try to check it down a lot. They're going to try to, you know, they know they're going to play cover two. You're going to make them check it down. And it was a really heady play 
by slot corner Leonard Johnson because they had run this check down to Washington a couple times. And, you know, you see Johnson right here. He's not dropping his hook to curl. He's that boundary corner. So he has that ability to, you know, cheat a little bit down. And he just drives hard on this. And, I mean, this is – Aaron, we kind of talked about this before going live. Like how big of a play this was and, and swing this was going in the half. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the play that actually got me thinking, okay, we can win this game if we play like that. And I think Johnson's not getting enough credit. I know people like to roast him when he does give up plays. He's gotten in some tough mismatches throughout the year. He's not a guy that's going to guard A.J. Green, but he's not giving up big plays. He might give up catches, but the guy's a solid tackler, and that's what you see here. Great fundamentals. He just closes in and makes a great play, and just the ball pops out. So. Yeah, and and Anthony, talk about you know Milano. I mean, another yeah. week where he's he's had another splash play. That seems to be his middle name. Yeah, there he is. Uh, made another play on special teams as well for some fumbles. So yeah, Matt Milano is. Uh, Sean McDermott said in his press conference, he's, he's it's going to be a tough decision. That was his words when uh, Ramon Humbert comes back on what they do with Milano. But I think for right now, Bills fans should just be enjoying the play of this rookie linebacker. Yeah, he's he's making some big plays, and then he's also making the plays that go unnoticed. He's uh, strong in pass coverage and uh he, he's well he's made some nice tackles as well he doesn't miss tackles and uh yeah he scores his first nfl touchdown there and what is his second start third start right. that's great and some, somebody in the chat box here is saying you know i don't know if the bills can maintain this turnover margin uh something to that if i keep up all these turnovers this year and you know i'll pass it to you guys here too but i think it, a lot of it just comes from coaching and fundamentals being in the right spots tackling well going after the ball what do you guys think yeah, Ryan, you know, this is a great question for you because uh, I had mentioned today about the spacing of, you know, these zone defenders and how we're getting these tipped passes turned in and interceptions to, you know, Micah Hyde to the Poyers. And you, you saw Preston Brown make a tip in, in, in the interception here in this game. Um, talk about, you know, the uh, McDermott scheme because turnovers are, are a typical uh, theme in, in the scheme that he brings, right? Yeah, for sure. And and there's obviously to all turnovers, there's an element of luck um, sure. that can't be denied, obviously. But I think a lot of the turnovers you see this year is just like well-coached technique stuff. First guy comes in, he tackles. Second guy comes in, strips. That's how you do it every single time you tackle. That's how you've seen a lot of the forced fumbles this year. I think the nice thing about sort of the zone defense, um, a lot of the corners we have, Johnson and Sharice Wright, actually, his biggest strength is his tackling, right? So when you're a strong tackler like that, stuff like this happens, you know, the ball pops out. Um, and then the, the tip drill uh, that, that Hyde caught off the Preston Brown tip, that's a nice part of the zone defense is he's dropping sort of underneath that seam route with his eyes on the quarterback, can get his hand up and Hyde is in the right place and is athletic enough to drive on the ball in those tip drill situations. So obviously an element of luck, but a lot of it is well coached and, and a nice scheme fit for that kind of defense. Yeah, and it's, I mean, Milano, I, I like the kid. I didn't expect him to play uh, like that. We always preach special teams, okay? You know, the coaches always say, you know, uh, our, our depth players are going to have, you know, special team plays. I mean, give Hauschka some credit, boys. <laughs> yeah. That's right in there, man. You don't, see, you don't see a lot of kickers get right in there. I've never seen that before yeah. at all. I don't know if you guys saw this. There's been two kickers who forced fumbles in the last two years, and they've both been Steven Hauschka. <laughs> last year with Seattle, he forced one against, I think, the Saints it was. So good for Steven there. <laughs> Damn. Hey, worth yeah. every penny, right? I mean, he's kicking and he's stripping, you know, stripping guys on kickoffs. Like, that's crazy. Kicking and stripping. Kicking and stripping. Kicking right and stripping. I need a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> <laughs> so we come out of the half, and, you know, it's a rough – 
uh, it's one thing that we struggle with coming out of half when we have the ball, and it's it's something that I know Kevin talks about. Um, you know, when, with the coin toss and whatnot. But Aaron, what are your thoughts on this third down play? It's a play that I understand. Again, I understand the logic behind it at third and three, but this play really hasn't worked all season. Is this the court? Oh yeah, yeah. This one and that I'm sure we'll get to it later. That pitch play. There's yes. been, there's been a few of these third down, third and shorts that I haven't been super happy with how Dennison called them. I think he did one in uh Carolina, I think, was another pitch play on like a fourth and one or something. I'm just not digging these plays. I don't know. You say you understand why you call this play. I I personally don't. Um, you're you're better off just making a pass attempt, really. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Anthony? Because uh, it led to this punt, and, and you had mentioned it a, a few seconds ago. But um, you know, maybe even talk about this play because uh, we, you know, they preach special teams. Who's making a play on this? Yeah. Yeah. So. Bef- one last thing behind that, I think yeah. I kind of agree with Aaron a little bit, is this you're trying to get some momentum coming right out of the half. I would rather see maybe a throw or something. You know, you just got that touchdown before the end of the game with Milano. Um, and then, the yeah, that's that's just not working out there. Maybe it could have been better blocking. And then the punt um, by Colton Schmidt, yeah, again, it's just, as you were talking about earlier, Eric, all three phases of the game um, were on it today. And this is just another example as we, as we roll this one through um, where guys just got to come up and make a play. And uh, they did here as we watch the end of this. He should have, <laughs> I mean, stayed, right. he should have stayed down right there. It would have been no issue. Yeah, and this is a guy, I'll say this, because I go. I went on record and said, this guy actually worried me today, Jalen Richard, uh, the running back. You know, he's a, a dual threat, but he had a rough game. You saw the punt there. He catches it, and, you know, right as he's about to hit the 20, he slips and falls. So now he's in panic mode, guys. And, and Milano and Zoe are, are one of the first, you know, two guys to get to the ball. And immediately, immediately, look at Milano. I mean, he, this is why he was drafted where he was, you know, and, and why he was talked about as such a, a, a ten, you know, a player that plays with tenacity and earns his way on the field because, I mean, he immediately goes to the rip. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he goes for the rip, and then there's kind of this mad scramble for it, and Reed Ferguson stays in bounds. But, yeah, it's like the natural instincts of guys, you know, because sometimes you can't really teach that kind of stuff. It's going for the rip. Other guys, you know go for the big hit, make the big tackle, tackle, get him wrapped up inside the 20. Milano, when he's, he knows he's got Alexander with him, so, hey, I'll go for the ball, and it pops out, and the Bills recovered. Uh, I think they got it at the 15-yard line. They only settled for a field goal. But, yeah, great heads-up play again by Milano. Yeah, and special teams, Ryan, I mean, talk about it. It's It's been uh, – it's something that uh, – it seems like over the years past, like we've always had decent return games for the most part, mm-hmm. some decent returners, some decent punt returners. But it seems like every special teams unit – has is make is making plays this year. Yeah, and I think that's always that that sort of classic bills of years past where, you know, big offensive play, a touchdown or something, let up a kick return, like a deep kick return into your own zone. Something like that. And I think I think that it's a it was a such a big focus of this coaching staff throughout the offseason program, throughout training camp was if you want to make this team, you need to be on special teams. You need to be performing there. Um and just I think there's this level of technique we saw with with the strip and and just trust in the rest of the guys that they're going to do their job too. Like if Milano doesn't think anybody's getting down there as fast as he is, you got to go for the tackle. But he knows. I mean, we saw it on the sort of end zone uh, camera. There's like six guys around there. He knows he can go for a strip, and if he doesn't get it, the tackle's getting made still. So yeah, I especially into the boundary, right? Exactly, right. He knows he's got the team there. So I, I think it's just a really well coached and it was sort of a general sort of a team above self philosophy that McDermott's sort of been preaching. 
Right. And I, and another well, nice thing on special teams that I have seen as opposed to the last two years is not giving up uh, large penalties. I felt like during the Rex Ryan years, there was a lot of uh, holding on punts and stuff that would put them half the distance to the goal. And we're not getting that now. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So Ryan, I'll, I'll leave this one up to you. It's, you kind of touched upon it earlier. Um, it, it's third and nine with uh, 1050 in the, in the third quarter and uh, the bills dropping the cover. It looks like uh, possibly, like Tampa too, it looks like yeah, Preston's deep in two, I think. Yep, yep. And they're running Crabtree across the middle as the bender route. Talk about we talked about you know zone spacing earlier and how important um, you know that discipline in your zones and whatnot are. But I mean, this was just a really great play by Preston Brown, who's someone who overall statistically has struggled in in the passing game. Yeah, for sure. And and it's really nice. He he's every year. It's like oh, Preston Brown, like he's you know kind of liability. And every year he does like enough to really warrant full playing time, right? I mean, and this is a great play. So in Tampa 2, the middle linebackers dropping deeper than the rest of the defenders, sort of carrying those middle of the field routes vertically. He uh, he sees the crosser, he's running with it, and then he flips his hips and gets his eyes back to Carr, which is the key to this play. So he can then see, because he knows he's got Hyde behind him, he can get the hand up and Hyde, I mean, just such a great player on the back end, drives on the ball as it's being thrown and gets in position. And like I said, there's an element of luck to where that ball gets tipped. But being in the right position to tip it and to catch it, that's not luck at all. That's just well coached and well executed. Yeah, and Aaron, you know, talk about, um, you know, the offense has its struggles. It's not the most efficient offense, but when your defense is giving you the, this many opportunities, I think we're at plus 14 on the year, plus 14, plus 15. I mean, you give your offense, um, this basically gives us points. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know we're not scoring touchdowns. Um, we do need to get better in the red zone. But, I mean, this just gives your offense that many more opportunities. Oh yeah, and it's you, I think there's a statistic out there since going back to 2007, something like that, where uh, teams that win the turnover differential end up winning uh, 78% of the games or something like that. So I mean, it's huge. If you're going to get these, you're most likely going to win. But I am getting a little frustrated. If I, I think even in a great win, there's a lot of things to fix, a lot of plays left on the field, and Jeremy sure. talks about that every week and. To me, they got to really capitalize on these turnovers, especially in their territory. Um, a couple of them, the plays pl- had some plays called back on ticky tack holding, but you still got to capitalize and try to get six at least once in a while. Okay, so you know Preston Brown made a play there. High gets the interception. Um, so I'm going to start with you, Anthony. So let's say Humber gets healthy. Are you keeping Matt Milano in the starting lineup? Yes, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that right now. Now, it also as must be said that Humber is still a couple of weeks away from returning. Sure. So Matt Milano could get better or he can come back down to earth. We don't know what's going to happen. But if, if it was right now, if, if Ramon Humber says, I'm playing Thursday night against the Jets, I would keep Matt Milano in the lineup right now. And I know there's some fans who would agree with, disagree with me. Humber's a veteran guy. They need somebody like that in the lineup. But I just – how can you take somebody like Milano off the field right now that, that's playing so well? Let's just ask that question, you know. Yeah. Ryan, what about you? What are your thoughts on that competition? Yeah, I think Milano sort of solidified it. I think the the coaching staff does have an eye towards the future. They want maybe a younger guy getting reps. But I think the nice thing about Humber is, as a veteran, I think he is better suited to a backup sort of at multiple spots at linebacker. I think he's a bit bigger than Milano too. So if you put him as a backup, let's say Zoe gets hurt, let's say Preston Brown gets hurt, I think he could slide into one of those spots a little better than Milano could. So I'd keep Milano at will get him all the practice reps and let Humber sort of back everybody up at linebacker. Aaron, your two cents. 
I mean, I think Milano's played really well, and it's kind of what have you done for me lately, but Humber was playing really well. Um, so I'm not going to be mad if Humber comes back and they pop him back in the starting lineup. That's fair. Um, the nice thing is, is obviously we have some depth, right? So either way, I'm feeling pretty good about that position where I wasn't going into the season. I thought that was going to be a, a huge weakness for this team. And uh, hats off to Babbage because he's got these linebackers coached up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's a great point. And it, when I was at the game last week, I, I live seven hours away, guys, so I don't get to go to all these games. Um, but I went home for the game last week. And one thing I always paid attention to when I go to games is when that offense or defensive unit comes off the field, who are the first coaches to grab their linebackers, their defensive line, their running backs and, and start coaching? And Babish was the first guy that grabbed his linebackers, you know, sat them down with his whiteboard and was, and was drawing everything out and teaching. And that's one thing that uh, we we talked about you know since this whole uh, staff came in is that that teaching element and you have to be a good teacher. That's where uh, you know these these players start. They're they're in the classroom and they're learning and and that's you got to have good teachers. And Babbage, I mean, we're getting a lot out of these linebackers. Even before Humber was hurt, he was playing really well. My two cents on that battle is, yeah, I, I kind of agree with McDermott when it comes to uh, you know not having a guy lose his starting position to injury, but. Um, I, I believe Humber's on a, a one-year deal, right, guys? Um, yeah. And, and Milano's the future. So if Milano's, uh, you know, playing like he is now, it's going to be very difficult for McDermott to pull him out of the lineup. And not to mention, if you look at some of these offenses, some of these quarterbacks are going to be playing the next few weeks, you're going to be seeing a lot more passing. And if there's anyone that's – when you talk about athleticism, uh, Milano's hands, you know, hands down is a better athlete. And I think you can get more out of him uh, versus the pass – uh, as, as the schedule goes on during the year. So um, let's kind of go back to the highlights and take a look at some of these offensive plays um, at the in the third quarter. And, Ryan, you talked about, you know, the offensive scheme being changed up when we see a nice, you know, counter tray here for Shady, and he gets a big gain on it. Yeah, I mean, and this is what everybody wanted to see was power, get Richie pulling. When, when I see Richie pull, I just get excited. Yeah. To like, <laughs> Richie gets excited too. Right. Yeah, you see the 64 coming right at the TV camera. You'll, you'll love to see it. Um, and, and this is just well blocked from Richie. He's on the trap block on the end. Uh, DeMarco pulls up, gets the linebacker nicely. Um, and then Mills, uh, Ducas washing in really nicely. And that's a huge hole for Shady. So when he can accelerate behind the line of scrimmage like that, he's so, so dangerous. Um, really just nice balance onto the second level and a, a real big gain for them. And, it, and it's and just, it, yeah, go ahead, Eric. No, look at this. Cause uh, yeah, you have, you know, that, that wash down by Mills and Ducasse guys, you got, you know, DeMarco coming in and sealing that hole, but here's a guy that no one's really talking about. And this is that, you know, our, what a third tight end Lee watch mm-hmm. his block. I mean, this is Navarro Bowman. Yeah. Look, he, he stays on him. Look how far downfield he's blocking this guy. I mean this, I didn't see this live, but I'm looking at it now. I'm, that's pretty impressive. Look at that. <laughs> I mean, wow. that, is, that is impressive. And that's a guy that uh, when I keep seeing uh, the roster moves and some of the attrition that we're battling, I look at that spot and I'm like, well, why is this guy on the team? But there it is right there. Nope. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. And so, you know, the Bills uh, have second and 20. And this, okay, this was uh, you know almost a series of plays that it, you want, you know, there's that TV show, a turning point. I, I think this is, this is one of those turning point plays, guys, because, um, you know, second and 20, it's it's a three man rush. They drop the defender, the defensive lineman who has no business being you know dropped back there. But um, you see Tyrod again extend the play, and he you know he extends the play, but he doesn't just run it right, Aaron. What's he do? Yeah, he's 
going back more and manipulating the pocket, looking from uh, a pass. And that's the thing is everybody wants to say this guy just runs. He's a one trick pony. He can either throw long or run. And he's proven everybody wrong now. Yeah. And look that, at this. Right, look at that ink. Oh, oh my, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness me. Yeah, yeah it, was was a, it was a great it was a great play by Tate, right? I mean, a little spin Ooh. move, and and of course uh, it, he gets in the open field, and and he just breaks this corner's ankles right there. Yeah. But oh. Anthony, we talk about building a team. I mean, what I see on this sideline here, and I you know I made a little video of it. I mean, what are you seeing on the sideline here? I and mean, this is not something I saw with the Rex Ryan team. Yeah, that was incredible. I was actually at the game today, and I don't think the TV cameras even did it justice because from my seat, every single person on that Bills sideline assistant equipment manager, I don't care who you were, was, was going nuts, jumping up and down. Then they mobbed Brandon Tate. And what was funny is Ed Hockley came over and he thought there was a Raiders player in there and the Bills were fighting. No, the Bills were just celebrating because it was great uh, with yeah. Brandon Tate. And I think Bruce Servant was like stuck in there, but he just couldn't get out. But yeah, you're right. It, it just kind of uh, sums up how great uh, this team feels together and there's a bond. And I think it's being a bunch of underdogs who weren't predicted to do much. And now they're sitting five and two and they just love their guy, Brandon Tate, going out there and breaking three guys ankles yeah ryan and this is i mean this is pretty special and and kind of it's symbolic in my opinion about mm -hmm. what this you know regime is doing and uh, since they've gotten here you know they're they're just trying to build a family atmosphere i mean brandon tate he's had a couple big plays spe specifically in that Bengals game but seeing stuff like this on the sidelines for a guy that you know was this his only catch i mean it, this is pretty yeah. special. This means something to me as a guy that's coached and played. This means something to me. I see something. A hundred percent. Like as somebody who played team sports his whole life, like stuff like this is just like, that's what it's about, right? Like it's not about, I mean, this is the return specialist guy. who was a gunner on punts and you know, he's averaging maybe a catch a game and the team mobs him when he gets this great play. Right. I mean, that, I mean, that's what it's all about. And you, you don't see that. Yeah, you didn't see that with the Rex Ryan Bills, um, and you 100% see stuff like that now, and it's just it's really cool to see. Yeah, and and Aaron, we're gonna we're gonna kind of move forward to this next play because it's third and 13. You know, the Bills are in a two by two set, and uh, you know they they need a play. And today, again, I said the Raiders they didn't blitz them often, and they they forced them to play from the pocket. And you know, Tyrod delivered. He steps up in the pocket, and you know. He really, I mean, how does he even see with his height? How does he even see Holmes breaking down the sideline? I think he's just it's starting to trust in his receivers and trust in the offense itself. And I think a lot of people, you know, at that Carolina game, we were really frustrated. And even right after that, the fans were frustrated. But this is a new, a lot of new parts, a lot of new people. And it's going to take time. We're seven games in now, and you're starting to see the trust coming through. Um, but that got tight in there. And I, I don't think fans appreciate how Tyrod's been able to step into some tight pockets this year and deliver without fear of getting hit. I mean, he could get nailed at any point in that play. And he's just stepping in and making the throw. And it's beautiful. Yeah, and we talked about the right side of the line. I mean, you got Khalil Mack here, one-on-one -on -one with Jordan Mills. Two weeks ago, I this would be, to me, I'm thinking sack. I mean, yeah. uh, you got Cordy yeah. Glenn ceiling, you know, running the guy wide up top. Um, and Bruce Irvin, but I mean, I think you nailed it. I think it comes to trust, right, Anthony? You know, the trust throw here, that faith throw um, that Holmes is going to streak down the sideline in the secondary window because it didn't look like initially anyone was open from uh, the other camera angle they showed during the broadcast. Yeah, no, you're right. And I mean, it all starts up front with the blocking and they get Taylor enough time. And, and we've seen time and time again that when Tyrod Taylor does have time, he can make good throws and he can make good decisions. That was a good one. Andre Holmes had tons of separation, delivered a nice ball. Um, 
Holmes has to do a little adjustment, come back to it, put, get the feet in bounds. And then, you know, from there, we know what the Bills did on the rest of that drive. But yeah, it does come down to Tyra Taylor's developing some chemistry, those receivers. And, uh, you know, even Zay Jones, three catches today. So uh, it just is, it takes some time with a whole new system and a bunch of these new players for sure. Yeah. And this, okay. I, I posted on Twitter um, at the end of the third quarter, um, you know, it, they did, a, I think it was a zone read to Shady inside the five. And, you know, we thought he was in, but the offense initially, you know, gets up to the line of scrimmage and they draw Bowman. I think it was Bowman, right guys that mm-hmm. shot through the A yeah. gap, drew him off sides, got that extra, you know, half yard. And it leads to this play in the fourth quarter on the opposite end. And, you know, it was one that, I mean, I watched it at home and they were in a TV timeout. I come back and I just see Reggie Nelson running with the ball because he stripped him. And so I'm like, what's going on here? And, and so, of course, uh, you know, they replayed it back and showed that Tyrod, you know, puts the ball across the, the plane there. So um, I, I like the coaching here, Ryan. I thought it was a, a, a strategic move, a good job for once, um, you know, especially using the quarter and knowing that, that the clock was going to run on that prior play. Yeah, and and the, the announcers made the, a great point of, that half a yard made a difference, you know, that, that half yard penalty made the difference on this plan. I, uh, I don't know. I, I was talking to a friend of mine as this was going on, like we were sort of debating, do you go for it? Do you kick it? Uh, I mean, 16 points over the Raiders heading into the fourth quarter. That's nothing wrong with that. If you kick the field goal there, but I love the trust in the offense. You got us down there. You can finish this drive. Uh, and I mean, love the vertical jump from Tyrod. <laughs> I mean, it's just, just a really well, well done play. If you're that close, you literally got to stick your arms forward and you're over the goal line. So, but I feel what you're saying, Eric, I came out, I was watching on my computer and came out of the TV timeout to see shady getting tackled. I was freaking out. Um, <laughs> so, but this was, this was just a well executed, well called play, I think. Yeah. And it's one of those things. I mean, can you guys recall any other moment where, this this you know QB sneak over the top for Tyrod was executed. I can't recall many times where I mean you see Brady do it all the time and he, he does it at a high rate and, and is successful. But I don't see Tyrod do these QB sneaks that often. I've been calling for it for years on Twitter in these fourth and short <laughs> situations, honestly, because I do see other teams do it with success. I I see a lot of Patriots games and Tom Brady can do it. Tom Brady doesn't jump over a team. That was a pretty impressive <laughs> no, athletic yeah. Uh, yeah. way to do it yeah. by Tyrod. But it's really hard to stop a half yard push forward if you just muckle onto the back of a lineman and fall forward. Uh, and so I'm really happy that they finally did it. I was pretty pumped that that happened. I said it right as soon as the ball was at the half yard, and I said, we got to go QB sneak. And finally yeah. they listened to me. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll add something on that too. It's just like all you have to do with the ball, just the tip of the ball is to touch past the goal line. So, you yeah. know, it's not even – he can get it knocked out. He can get it – I mean, obviously you run the risk of taking a big hit for your quarterback. But, you know, there's guys grasping your ankles, and all you have to do is sometimes just reach the ball out. So I think it's a great play call, and I, I would love to see the Bills do it more, as you guys were saying as well. Yeah, but I mean the Raiders. I, we saw it last week with the Chiefs, um, and you know they they have an explosive offense, and yeah. so they they began to make it interesting. And uh, as Bills fans, you know, of course, I'm sure everyone in the stadium, including yourself, Anthony, was like, "Oh boy, here we go again," because you saw the Raiders come right down, and they run a nice little uh, uh, they motion c- Crabtree here, and they run him across, and you'll see them sneak this running back out of the backfield on a Texas route. And Preston actually did a good job. I kind of roasted him on Twitter. He does a good <laughs> job here of, uh, you know, uh, reading this play and he makes a play on the ball, but it's just, it's just too close to, you know, the end zone and, and, and the running back does get in. So uh, of course they made it interesting, right, Aaron? 
Yeah, they did. And I think it's just beat up Bills fans. I think every, like you said, everybody had a pit in their stomach. Um, and I think we keep saying this after almost every postgame show that a typical Bills team might just, that might dismantle them. A touchdown right there, an easy touchdown uh, might just give them, you know, no confidence in themselves. But this team is different. There's something different going on. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's crazy. And honestly, you know, to see um, the team bounce back from, you know, one play to another, from a drive to a drive, a game to a game. I mean, that we always talk about mental toughness, right, Ryan? And it's something that you can't really measure, but you guys better have it. And it seems like a lot of these guys that they brought in and during this big roster turnover have that mental toughness. For sure. And I think that's part of the reason Darius was traded is, is that you need to buy in. Everybody kind of jokes about it now because it's fun, the, the trust the process sort of mantra. But I think a lot, you know, all the players now really trust what's going on, that if this is what the coaches think is going to work, it's going to work. And it has, which is very new for Bills fans. I think they're trusting in themselves and their, and their teammates that, okay, gave up a touchdown, you know, we're still up. Offense is going to chew up clock. And we're gonna we're gonna steal this game. They did, and that's you know we've we've all suffered through a lot of Bills games where it's sort of unexpected, but definitely a pleasant surprise for us. All right, we'll take a little break from the highlights. We got you know just a couple minutes left in that. Um, thanks for everyone to join in us. I mean, honestly, we have like 80, 90 viewers right now live. Thanks for uh, you know tuning in and supporting Lockdown Bills and Cover One. Um, we we enjoy bringing this stuff to you guys. So thanks for you know coming in and you know obviously the chat box has been uh, off the hook tonight. Uh, one of the questions that we're having right now is uh, is it going to be Washington or Thornton that will fill the void left by Darius? What are your thoughts on that, Anthony? Um, yeah, I mean, Adolphus Washington is, is one of those Doug Wheelie guys. And we see what Brandon Bean has done with a lot of the Doug Wheelie guys. Um, so <laughs> who knows what happened? Uh, but I mean, they both, they both have played, uh, they both have gotten a role on this defense. And I think Leslie Flazier is, is trying to get both of them going, um, on this defense. Obviously now there is no Marcel Darius the last couple of weeks you've had Darius and then those two can come in and that's why they were splitting up the snaps. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have the snap count in front of me in the total from today, um, if anyone knows off the top of their head. But, I mean, I'm sure that they both were in there. I know Washington had a couple plays um, where he was in the backfield, and he was pretty disruptive for me. I saw him several times on the field making plays. Um, so I guess to answer your question, I, I would think that they're going to try to get Washington going. And then use Thornton because he's, he's proven well. As, uh, he can make some plays as well. Yeah, Washington's snap count was 38 and Thornton was 23. So they okay. obviously ran with Washington. And, right. and that's, I mean, I assume that's that was going to be the case. Uh, mm-hmm. Washington actually has played pretty well uh, yeah. the last couple of weeks. I was kind of surprised. And, um, it, you know, after looking at his film thoroughly, but uh, it, it depends. I think it's going to be a game plan thing, guys, honestly, because I like Thornton's uh, ability versus the run better than mm-hmm. I do like Washington. But if they're trying to have a little more pass rush, if they're trying to have a guy that has the length to occupy guys off the snap, uh, with his quickness and with his, you know, his arm length, I think Washington's that guy. So I think it'll be a, a game plan thing, just like anyone else, honestly. Whatever position you want to look at, I mean, even when Humber comes back, he's still going to get snaps. I mean, right, if, right. if he's not the starter or not, or if Milano is on the bench, either way, guys are going to get snaps because uh, they really uh, pay attention to the personnel and and kind of like what the Pages do on a weekly basis. Game plans are always different and. You're going to have you know, different personnel and different guys coming in and making plays. So uh, which one do you like better, Aaron? Do you like Thornton or do you like Washington better? 
Um, honestly, I like Thornton, I guess, a little bit better, but I'm really happy with the play of both of them. And I do think there's you're going to see a rotation. And like you said, it's going to be game plan specific. And that's right now is the good thing about this team. Like you said, when Humber comes back, there'll still be a rotation. There's just there seems to be depth. And it, it might not be Kevin talks about this all the time that it doesn't necessarily mean superstar talent to have depth, uh, but just guys that know what the system is and how to play in the system and just play within themselves and take the coaching that they're given and the guys are making plays. Yeah, here's a question for Aaron to follow up. Oh. Do, do you think do you think the Bills are going to grab anyone prior to the trade deadline? I knew that was coming. I, I saw a couple of those. <laughs> I was going to bring that question up too. Um, honestly, I'm willing to talk about it. This is going to be the, probably the last show we end up having to talk about this. Um, I I really don't think that Brandon Bean wants to get rid of any of his picks. I think that he's very happy holding on to those picks. He's, he's talked about the uh, what type of capital that means for the team, and he likes rookie deals. And the team's 5-2, and two, so do you mess up chemistry? I mean, it'd have to be a player that they really think is going to make an impact to put them over the top. And I just don't know what type of guy you're going to find right now that's going to put you over the top without losing something big. What's your thoughts on that, Anthony? I I uh I think they take a run at a wide receiver. Um, really? How much? I I just I think so. Um, I think this is just another game where you look at it and and maybe a wide receiver can even put them over the top in this game even more. I did, I just think I know the guys they have right now. I know they're trying to develop Zay Jones. I know they like Jordan Matthews. They're high on him. Obviously, we saw what Thompson do last week. But I just think if there's somebody available, if that phone rings for Brandon Bean, hey, from a, a team that's losing like the Colts that are two and six. And I know there's rumors about T.Y. Hilton. I, I don't think they're going to get him. But but somebody who calls up and say, and Brandon Bean can give him a fifth or sixth round pick. You know, I just think he. I just think I know it was supposed to be a rebuilding year. But if you're sitting there five and two. And you have a chance to make a run at something this year. Why not go out and improve a team, uh, a receiving core that doesn't have a lot of depth? Why, you know, the answer to me is why not? But what are you gonna yeah, What are you gonna get for a sixth round? I mean, that's I guess where I'm at. Is you're gonna get a guy that's gonna change, come in and change the offense at a sixth round pick? It change the offense, no, but provide another option for Tyrod Taylor to throw the yeah. ball. When you know you clearly you're out there right now with guys that do they create that separation? Do they win their matchups? Right. Maybe not, and just go out and get another weapon, and then. You know, the downside, I, I agree with you there, is you look back at the end of the season and, you know, this guy doesn't do well. You say, oh, you just threw out a, a six-round pick for, a, you know, a rental. But I just think if this team wants to make a run at it, if they are serious about a 5-2 and two record, I just think you go for it. Yeah. Ryan, what do you think, man? Yeah, I, I can't see it happening. I think everybody kind of wants, a, you know, a splash receiver, I think would be kind of nice. Um, I think getting Charles Clay back will definitely help the sort of lack of depth at wide receiver. Um you mentioned uh, Indianapolis, maybe like a guy like Dante Moncrief could be sort of uh, a low cost pick, something like that. But I'm not, it's tough. You know, what are you willing to give up to actually get a real impact? So I'm not, I don't see right. them really going out and, and, and buying a ton. It would be fun though. It would definitely be fun to talk it's about. It's always fun to talk about, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I just don't see it happening. Honestly, and Aaron, you kind of alluded to the fact that um, you know, what are you going to get for a fifth or sixth round pick? Uh, it's a valid point because, um, we have, if you're just looking for like a deep threat, well, we kind of got that with Thompson. We kind of got that role filled. Um, and even clay, if you really need it, Kalen clay, I mean, you just, you never know, uh, what's out there and maybe someone on, on another team, uh, has a receiver that has talent. He just hasn't lived up to it. You know, I have heard, uh, the Broncos with a uh, Cody Latimer and I haven't heard a running back from the Broncos, but, uh, I just think. What they're going to do the rest of this season, I mean, they're 5-2 and two right now. There's no 
Uh, it's not necessary. It's not, uh, it, I mean, they're still scoring points. That's what's crazy. I mean, especially, you know, the home, the home record and, and putting up points. I mean, they got some ridiculous numbers at getting points with Tyrod Taylor and these receivers. So I don't really see that um, coming into play. But, you know, since we're talking about offense and I saw in this chat box, you know, someone said, hey, let's get to the shady touchdown. So we're going to get to it right now. So with 321 left in the fourth quarter, Bill's up 27 to 14. Uh, they bring out, you know, an extra lineman in Ryan Groy, and they put Lee, that tight end, next to him, and they pull Vlad Dukas. And this is something I roasted Vlad on last week because it never made sense to me when they went to Vlad. If they were going to run this power and gap scheme, they're going to run these power plays. Why put him in? Because Miller's mm -hmm. better at doing that. But you know what? I, I have to eat crow today because Vlad did a really good job. He actually targeted the right guy. Last week he didn't. <laughs> Uh, Vlad did a really good job of targeting that right guy. You see Lee get down on Bowman again. I mean, yeah. that's just, that goes on. That's uh, that's unnoticed. You don't see that in the broadcast. I mean, good job of Seelan Bowman. Good job of Dukas and getting onto that uh, second level defender. And honestly, it was like the icing on the cake. I went I went crazy here when when Shady hit the hole there. You just knew he was gone, right, Aaron? Oh my god! As soon as he hit the hole, I was up out of my chair doing my touchdown dance, and my wife wasn't even watching. She's like, "What happened? What happened?" And you just knew—you uh, could see it in Shady's body language that he saw and he was hitting it, and it was just a matter of time for Shady to really break off one of these big runs. He almost had one earlier in the game, and he got shoestring tackled. And I'm just—I'm happy for him. And I—I I just want to go out and say too. I hope you. Um, rip on some of these guys a little bit more this weekend because it seems like it's paying off for us. Uh, the guys you rip on are, are coming back and playing. So maybe they're listening to you. Hey, I'm here all year guys. But Anthony, <laughs> I mean, talk about the run game because they did get it going. Obviously shady uh, broke a couple explosive plays off something we've been missing so far this season. Yeah. I mean, 27 touches uh, on the ground for McCoy and then I think five through the air. So, you know, they're getting this guy involved, and you just know that one of these runs he's going to break free, and it just so happened three minutes ago in the game. Just great. Um, great block, as you said. Guys just doing their job. You know, they know what the play call is. They're bringing in the extra blocker. They're bringing in uh, DeCosta to swing over there, and they just they executed it on that play, and then McCoy had that burst. And I'll tell you right now, Navarro Bowman probably had no clue who Curry Lee was before this day, and he knows, <laughs> he knows him pretty well now. <laughs> Yeah, Ryan, you know, talk about, I mean, because Bowman obviously was his second game, right? This is his second mm -hmm. game with them, and he did a really good job last week uh, against the Chiefs, but uh, it looked like uh, Lee had his number today. Yeah, and I don't know, stepping in at middle linebacker midway through the year, not being in that system all year, I uh, props to Bowman for even, like, knowing what's going on because, right? I mean, that is, that's nuts. I mean, just knowing your gap, and I think part of it is just, if you're not sort of fluent in that system yet, that split second hesitation, and then the tight ends on you and you're not sure what's happening. So that, you know, it's just a top, it's a no win situation for Bowman there. But I mean, the run game today, I think the biggest thing that I saw, obviously a big play like this is awesome to see, right? Like long 40 yard touchdowns are, are awesome, but the runs of like eight yards, where it's just like the holes are open, like sure. Yeah. Safety in the box tackles them. Okay. But like, there was just constantly something there where a lot early in the year, you were like, Oh my God, like negative one, one, all right, third and 10. And now we're, you know, throwing it deep to Brandon Tate or something like mm -hmm. it was not a winning formula, but I think those early down runs, even if they didn't go for a long, long game, that was a, a huge part of today. 
Hey, uh, Eric, before we jump into this next play, um, people are, you know, willing to hand out credit now to Denison that the offense is starting to get moving mm, a little nice. bit, which is which is nice to see. But nice. I think we should also hand out a little credit to our boy Castillo. Uh, I think a lot of people were mm. ripping him up after a couple weeks, and sure. it's a new offense in just a couple weeks. And kudos, because like we said earlier, the right side of the line is playing better, both in pass protection and the run game. So mm-hmm. they're taking the coaching, and, and t- coaching takes time, guys. Uh, it's not something that two weeks into the season you're going to have it all down pat. So um, just want to give credit where credit's due. Absolutely. And you know what? And it's it's a great point to make because, you know, we did a crossover show. Nate Geary did a crossover with Teddy Nguyen, who obviously is – he's like a, a Raiders guru. He's an X's and O's guy, you know. He contributes to inside the pylon, the athletic. And one of the things that caught me off guard when he was talking about the Raiders offense was their struggles of adapting to the outside zone to help Marshawn Lynch incorporate into that offense. So when I heard that he was struggling and that it does take time, you know, it kind of put my anxiety to rest, um, you know, knowing that this this staff is going to obviously adjust uh, to its personnel, run more gap, run more man scheme. So it was good to see. And you're right, man. Kudos to a Castillo, not just in the run game and getting those guys going, but in, also in the passing game. We talked about Miller or uh, uh, you know Mills and Ducasse and how well they played this uh, the last couple of weeks. So uh, we'll kind of wrap it up here with the last uh, few plays, and uh, it looks like man across the board, right, Ryan? And and this is uh, obviously Trey Elson, guy playing for Jordan Poyer, who kind of put the uh, the icing on the cake uh, on this play right here. Yep, and I think uh, hopefully we got another angle at it, but it's a great break on the ball. Uh, to let this happen. It was man across the board and they were all sort of in, uh, in trail techniques and he looked like uh, cover two man. So two deep safeties. Yep. Uh, he just broke on it really well. It was not a very good throw um, sort of overthrown. It looks like to this guy down the seam um, and also just made a nice play on it. And, you know, kudos to him first career interception. I think, uh, you know, Hyde was sort of soaking them all up back there. So it's fun for uh, fun for Trey. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And Anthony, talk about, uh, you know, one thing that was the issue with Rex Ryan that uh, it was always like depth, you know, because it was such a specific system and it was hard to just plug guys in. Uh, And Elston in a Rex Ryan scheme just wouldn't work. So talk about the simplicity of this scheme and how, you know, it helps plug in guys like Elston or plug in guys like Milano, a rookie, you know, learning a new defense and and just how much that scheme has helped uh, our depth. Yeah, I mean, just even specifically in the, in the secondary, they replaced everyone. They replaced the starters, they replaced the backups, they replaced the backups, backups, you know, and guys could come in and, and fill that role. You're right. I mean, the backup safeties last year, I mean, you remember Jody Meeks? I mean, remember some of these guys, that did, yeah. when they would come in the game, they would look like completely lost. Like, they were playing the game in Buffalo when they were in, like, Boston or something. It was just crazy. And now you got guys like Trey Elston who's coming in. He's a rookie. He's making a, a play on the ball, as you said. Uh, Ryan, a great play. Uh, against a quality quarterback and Derek Carr and Matt Milano, the, the list goes on and on this year, and which is great. And you're right, though. I mean, Rex Ryan, you wouldn't be seeing that. You, that's where you'd be seeing the Bills make it some outrageous trade to get somebody to come back in there. But, uh, you know, good good for uh, Trey Elson there as well. I thought the guy deserved a shot on this team, and he's getting it. Is he going to Is he get the game ball for you for this game? Who's We'll go around the, around the horn here. We'll start with you, Anthony. Who who, who you giving the game ball to? Uh, the game ball for me has got to go to Andre Holmes. I'm just going to stick with the Andre Holmes. <laughs> I guess. Oh, so you are high on him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am very high on Andre Holmes. <laughs> wow. Ryan, what about you, buddy? Uh, I, I'm going to go the, the, the sleeper here and go Vlad Dukas. He stepped in. What? He's looked good. I love him. You know, is he the best player on the team? Certainly not. But he's, you know what? 
I'm going to change it. Jordan okay. Mills right next to him all because right, right. he shut okay. down Khalil Mack. I never thought those words would come out of my mouth, but Jordan Mills shut down Khalil Mack, which was pretty cool. Uh, Aaron, what about you, buddy? Yeah, I was leaning between Mills and Milano. I'm going to go with Milano. He just made game-changing plays in this game that uh, just gave the Bills opportunities to really put it away. So um, I'm giving it to Milano. But a cool thing I wanted to point out is after the game, they gave the game ball um, uh, to Logan Thomas. Right? To Logan Thomas, yeah. And it goes back to what you guys were talking about earlier with um, – when Tate went out of bounds and they were all over him. And I think by, the team buying into the process goes deeper than the stuff we see on the statistics or deeper than the coaching. Uh, it goes back to uh, the coach talking about love in the preseason, having everyone get up, tell their stories and just building this family unit. And that was just another example today of giving the game ball to him after a terrible week for his family um, and the team embracing that. And guys are going to just, you know, it sounds silly, but they're, they're buying into that and it goes a long way to the product on the field. So no, definitely. So so who's your guy then? Since I, I know they gave it to uh you know Logan Thomas. So I mean, would you say Logan Thomas then? Or is... No, no, I'm gonna go with Milano just okay. to play on the field. I do th- <laughs> I think it's awesome that they gave it to Logan Thomas. Sure, yeah. That's a really cool thing, but I'm going with Milano. Oh well, see the the chat box it says uh let's see, we're seeing a lot of Elston, Eduardo Carocio says McCoy. Holmes is a great pick. I think that's a good one too, especially after, you know, how his season started out and how you could tell he was kind of unhappy as far as, uh, you know, his targets and whatnot. Um, Vladimir is making fun of Ryan's for saying Vlad. He says, what? Question mark. Um, <laughs> My boy. Aton <laughs> Smith says uh, Mills did shut Mac down. So yeah, I, I got to get it. Yeah, that's, that's true, man. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, play it this way. I think the game ball, you know, going five and two, I think it has to go to coach because this was one of those games when you looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year, guys, um, you know, you, you didn't expect to win this game. No, Just, this is one you, you, you probably put as an L. Um, of course, you can you know, rise to the challenge and, 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 you know, compete, but they flat out dominated and they were prepared and it showed on the field. So I'd have to give the game ball to coach. Hey, Coach McDermott. And it's all, all the coaches. I mean, we talked about a couple of them today. And when we were talking about the secondary there and, and Elston coming in and the simplification of the system, uh, Bird has done a great job with this defensive backs. I mean, these guys aren't stud defensive backs, but we talked about it before the show and live Eric and Bird's another guy that, you know, nobody's talking about, but he's done a great job. Yeah, definitely. And I'm getting, of course, I'm catching some heat. Says it's a cop-out Uh-oh. from Eric with a C. Eric P says that's a cop-out. Yes, it is kind of a cop-out, but uh, I mean, again, it's true. It, but seriously, guys, like we didn't expect this and it was a great win. And to kind of wrap it up, it was a great show, guys. We did a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, the chat box is still going, guys, but it's nine o'clock and there's yeah. still some football on. We want to sit true. back and enjoy uh, the win today. Watch a little more football because guess what? There's a game in a few days and uh, we got to get back to work. Uh, just not not just that, you know, one bill's drive, but we're going to have a lot of work and content coming up this week. Obviously, if you didn't get the lockdownbills.com yet, Anthony's uh, article of five uh, takeaways is up right now. He's got another one coming up here in the next few hours. Uh, where can they find your work? Uh, uh, Anthony, uh, what's your Twitter handle? Obviously, we can find you on lockdownbills.com. What's your handle on uh, Twitter? Yeah, Twitter, uh, Ace Ambrado, my last name, 95. On Twitter, I'll have something else, uh, kind of a recap of what everyone in the, in the locker room said after the game. I think it's always cool to hear what they said about the biggest plays uh, from players and coaches. Sure, definitely. Ryan, what about you, man? I know you got a lot going on. You write for like 18 different sites. Uh, <laughs> hey. it's, 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 it's a pleasure to have you on Locked On, uh, obviously, but uh, what do you got going on this week, and where can we find you? 
Yeah, so on Twitter, I'm at dbryan underscore ducarm. Uh, I'll have uh, an X's and O's breakdown of something over on Locked On Bills. Um, and I do a lot of writing over at Inside the Pylon, so check me out there too. I'll have a, we're doing a Thursday night previews for all the games, so I had to sign up for the Bills, so check that one out too. Nice, um, nice. So we'll get a little scheme preview. But um, yeah, thanks for having me on for the, for the show, man. Yeah, Aaron, let's let's uh, end with you, man. Uh, tell tell everyone what you got going on, man, because there's some sure. pretty big news that just was released the other day with you know Grandstand. Yeah, so uh, I do a basketball podcast, Teed Up Basketball, uh, Teed Up Podcast, and I'm now on the Grandstand Sports Network. So joining uh, Locked On and a bunch of other great podcasts on that network. I think I'm the first NBA podcast on the network. So. Yeah, buddy. All awesome. right. So awesome. and, uh, you can find me at Aaron Quinn seven one six on Twitter. Yeah, so you're obviously, guys, uh, we got a lot of content coming uh, at you this week from Cover One, from Locked On, on Grandstand Sports Network. So make sure to, you know, head up all those sites, show your support as much as you can, share and retweet any any work we put out there. Um, that's obviously that's you guys are what drive this show and, and why we took on this uh, Locked On podcast. You know, it's a lot of work. Three to four podcasts a week is a lot of work, but you know. The Bills are winning like this. It makes it a lot easier. It makes these shows a lot more fun. And obviously, the chat box is a lot lighter and a lot more fun. So uh, thanks for you know joining in on this Sunday edition of Locked on Bills presented by Cover One.